0: Welcome to Change Now.
1: Yes, because we need to change now.
0: Now is when your impact story starts. Listen, get inspired by visionary changemakers and be part of the change. Eager for a career in the world of impact? Well, you're not alone. In this episode, join Roseme Lukot, our Chief Operations Officer at Change Now, and Christy Drupman, co-founder of Green Jobs Board, who wants you to know that hard skills aren't the primary entry ticket to a career in impact. I started my studies in a business school in France. I remember my first class in the business school. The first question of the professor was, what is the mission of a company? And he said, there is one only answer, to maximize profit. Wow. That was, kinda, that was shocking.
1: I remember a very similar scenario. Yeah. Scenario.
0: And so I was really concerned uh, about my career, about what I would do uh, for the, the next 40 years. Um, so I was really questioning myself, and I, I joined a career in health, industry, which was a way for me uh, to give purpose uh, to my career. Uh, And then, so it's like a personal uh, journey. We had a a road trip with my husband. Uh, We were already talking about change now, but the idea of this gathering of change makers, uh, it was supposed to be just a a hobby. (laughs) But then we we realized that it could be like a a big thing. So we had to, to give it its chance. Uh, and, and we launched uh, actually another event before Change Now. Uh, together, we launched a job fair for tech startups. It was a, a job fair to help uh, startups hire because, actually, it's very tough when you're a startup uh, to, to hire. You, you, miss, you like money, you like time, uh, you like visibility, uh, notoriety. So, we launched this uh, job fair. It was a great success. And we did a survey at the end. And we asked uh, the people what kind of company they wanted to join. And we were surprised that 80% of uh, the applicants said that they wanted to join a company with a purpose, an impact company. So, then we launched Change Now. And we decided just to switch <laughs> the job fair. <laughs> And, and have a really uh, a job fair dedicated to impact, so uh, we have uh, I mean our way to, to help uh, companies hire uh, is through this job fair. so we are doing our uh, third edition this year in October uh, in Paris. Uh, last year we had uh, four thousand people joining the, the event wow. and I can testify myself uh, several people in the team uh, were met at the our job fair.
1: Brilliant. Well, I love that. Um, and and Christy, tell us about your journey in, in setting up the Green Jobs Board, how it all came about, and what the mission is.
2: Yeah. Hi, everyone. Tuning in from America. So happy to be here. Um, but yeah, I'm Christy Drummond, and I'm the co-founder of the Green Jobs Board. And basically, the journey there is that I went to university. I studied about climate science and environmental issues and was so passionate. I was getting really active in climate activism and youth activism from a very young age. And I really wanted to make a difference. And, you know, I was Getting to learn from climate scientists around the world, policymakers around the world, and was feeling so frustrated that I wanted to make a change. But even by the time I finished university, and even though I had all of this experience, I still couldn't figure out how I was going to find a job when I finished school. And there wasn't a clear roadmap. I would talk to my career counselor at UC Berkeley, which you know is one of the top universities thinking about social impact and environmental issues. And I told her, I was like, I really want to find a career that combines my passions for media, journalism, policy and science. And, you know, I've always viewed myself as more of a generalist than a specialist. And for people like myself, there's not always a clear cut career pathway. And so they didn't really have great advice for me. And I realized like, if I have all these accolades and all of these experiences, and it's so hard for even me to find a job, imagine every other young person in the world who wants to make a difference but doesn't know a how to find a job that pays decently b find a job that can actually you know feel fulfilling and see work in a workplace culture that actually makes them feel included secure and um just empowered to want to do this work for the long haul and so the green jobs board really got birthed out of that i actually you know, I am a full-time content creator with my platform, Brown Girl Green, and basically it started as an Instagram post. I went on Google and just started finding social impact jobs around the world that I thought were interesting, and I started making content about that. And basically, I had no expectations, but people were just going nuts over it. They are like, oh my gosh, this is so great that you're putting together this resource on a weekly basis and posting about it and it all happened kind of organically. It went from a post to then people asking, oh, are you gonna make this its own organization? Um, To us then making it an Instagram account and now having a community of 70,000 plus people around the world in under a year of especially young people who are like, you are providing a curated resource of green jobs and social impact jobs that makes it so easy to learn how to find a career pathway in this space and so that's our mission is to bridge the gap and to ultimately connect employers in the social impact and environmental space with diverse and qualified talent especially with young people wanting to build a career in this space
1: and and christy um i mean how much experience do you have to have to really truly make an impact is it it 10 years or not
2: no i think people think that you have to have all of these pedigrees to get into environmental careers but as we heard from the previous two talks and panels we need people who are adaptable people who are passionate and people who are curious and if you have those three traits even if you don't have the technical skill set you'll be able to find a place um, in a work environment that needs you and, and wants you to be there. And you don't have to wait till you graduate university. You can start as young as 13, 14 years old by just, you know, starting to ask yourself those questions on how do you want to plug in and carve out your own space? And surely a pathway uh, will find you if you don't find it first.
1: And, and Rose May, um, as mentioned in the previous panel, I often have to rein myself back sometimes um, in 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 looking at the expectations uh, that I'm setting as an employer. Um, if we talk about em- em- employers for a second, what are the challenges for mission-driven employers?
0: Well, um, so it depends on the size of the company. Uh, as I said, if, if you're a startup, uh, you don't have time uh, to spend on hiring, and it's, it's really uh, time-consuming. Uh, so you like this, you like the visibility, uh, the notoriety, uh, you like the money, you, you can't afford uh, a hiring agency. Um, so even if you are like a super inspiring startup, you may uh, have very few great applicants. Then if you are a, a bigger company, most of, many big companies uh, say to us that they, they need people decision-makers who are more trained. Um, and we have a gap today between the level of uh, the schools in, in the transition and the expectations of uh, the companies the, the who hire. Um, so we, we need to increase uh, the level of the schools so that they, this theme was discussed. Uh, we did something with Change Now. Uh, we launched the first... School ranking in France for schools and universities uh, to change the world. And the idea was uh, to bring, to help uh, students find their future uh, universities or schools, but also to help the recruiters uh, know where to recruit the, stu- the, the students, but also to help the schools. Mm. The schools. Uh, You know, in France, and I think it's the same in in many countries, the school rankings are very important because uh, as a student, you wanna go to the best school. Um, So the school really tried to do their best uh, to to fulfill uh, the criteria of the rankings. So we said, we thought, okay, we need to change the rules. Uh, The rule doesn't have to be the best salary After uh, when you start your career, the the criteria uh, must be how well you're trained uh, for the transition. How big is the the network of alumni who can help you uh, making a career in transition? Uh, How is it? uh, What is the governance uh, of the of the school? Uh, How many uh, is it inclusive? Is there diversity? so yeah, we launched uh, this um, we, we launched this, this school ranking, and we really see that it helps uh, recruiters, schools, and, and students. And actually, now we see year after year that schools ask us, "What can we do? <laughs> what can we do to get a better ranking? What should we do?" And so yeah, that's super. Insp- I mean, that's super um, uh, energizing to and, see and
1: that. And where can people find that resource? Sorry? Where can people find that resource that you built?
0: So uh, we launched it with the Eco Start mm-hmm. and so we reveal, we publish uh, the um, the school ranking every October. So next October you will uh, see the, the new ranking.
1: Brilliant. And um, and Christy, uh, how does someone in the recruitment phase, um, you know, maybe they found a role uh, through th- through your your platform? How do they ask? A company about their genuine social and environmental ambitions and drive. Should should, be, should people be asking, um, you know, that in the recruitment phase, or will that almost hamper their opportunities in getting the job?
2: I think that there is a new trend where, especially young people, are very keen to knowing if a company is actually standing up to their commitments. I think that that's a part of creating the culture shift and the accountability for organizations and companies. I don't think it needs to be aggressive, right? You can, it it comes down to, you know, your tone and your framing, but again, it's about like inquiry and transparency. So I think if you're able to phrase it in a way of asking, you know, I, I really love your mission and your vision that you say you want to achieve, this ESG goal, or you're trying to reduce this, these types of emissions by 2050, or you really care about diversity and inclusion. Could you go a little bit into more detail on what that actually looks like? And then see what they say and ask questions. I think you don't need to go in and be like, I know that you are lying about this, or you're not really as, as up-to-date as you need to be. You don't need to go in with that attitude. You can go in with, okay, I'm here to vet, to kind of feel out uh, if they're actually really following through with their commitments. And if they're not, maybe this isn't a workplace that I wanna commit to. At the same time, that encourages the transparency that if a company or organization isn't quite there yet to being a very clear social impact or quote unquote green job, doesn't mean you're eliminated as a company. You can be really honest that, hey, we've achieved X things, we're not perfect, but this is where we want to go. I think people can appreciate that as long as you're really honest and accountable to that timeline and that process. If you're not and it's just lip service and PR, I think especially young people are going to be able to see that. And so just from the recruitment side, it's really important that it's a conversation and that we're really being honest about that gap.
1: Yeah, in some cases as well, having that confidence to ask uh, probably makes you a better candidate anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think it shows that you know what you're talking about and you know what the organization or the company stands for and that you would be a good culture fit because you're already thinking critically about these questions.
1: And, and Rosemary, what do you think the, the challenges are um, for applicants who want to join a mission-driven company?
0: Well, we did a survey uh, after the first job fair, last, after the second job fair last year, And we identified that 25% of um, applicants, of candidates, say that they felt illegitimate uh, to have a career in impact, that they felt not trained enough. Um, They thought that they needed hard skills. Uh, And as we said, actually, hard skills, you can get them during the job. What you need is rather soft skills, rather passion. Uh, Find yourself. I really liked the the image of uh, the head, the body, and the heart. Um, So some don't even dare to apply uh, because they they think that they're not the right people. Um, Then we have also 25% who just apply but don't get any answer. (laughs) So this is another challenge. Uh, And they just don't get any answer because... um, you know, you apply and it's just a, a, a curriculum, and you don't, as a, as a person who hire in my company, I change now, uh, you receive a lot of curriculum, and it's really hard to identify just with the curriculum who the right person is, um, so they are quite deceptive about that, yeah. so, and, and that, that's why you also they came to the job fair, to meet in person and to have an answer <laughs> right away. Um, and also, fifteen percent say that uh, that challenge was money, because they, they had the feeling that when you do it, uh, you have a job in impact or job with impact, then you have to sacrifice uh, your expectations in terms of salary.
2: Well, that's yeah. interesting, <laughs> and
0: that's that's important. Yeah. I mean, um, and actually, the gap is not that big. Mm between the, the normal salaries. And, and actually, the, the gap is, le- is smaller and smaller, smaller yeah. yeah. And, uh, and actually, I think what is important when, you're an applica- when you apply for, for a job in Impact is uh, to think about the minimum salary you wanna have. What is the level you feel comfortable with, you, you think you're worth? Uh, not look for the best salary uh, because your purpose is not only the salary; it's also uh, uh, the passion you can have in your job, uh, the, the, uh, how how much it resonates with you. So, uh, yeah, if if you're comfortable with a, a certain level of salary, then I mean you're, you're legitimate, uh, and and actually uh, that's not. Uh, such a problem anymore, I think. Uh, we, we see here, you see a change now, uh, companies are more and more mature. Um, they can afford uh, great people when, when you, you find the right, right match. I mean, that's uh, priceless for a company as well.
1: In the UK at the moment, sustainability manager is the second fastest, larger, largest um, growing job role in the UK. And it just shows that there are Businesses of all sizes who are really, you know, p- pushing, pushing this area, which didn't really exist kind of 10 years ago. Um, so, Christy, th- there are three common narratives that are happening, I, I see, especially um, for young people in the workplace. To me, that, that being kind of looking at work, work ethic, work-life balance, and burnout. Um, we, were t- we were talking the other day about project managing optimism. Um, and building resilience into people's work ethics. Can you tell us a little bit more about that um, as we kind of close off this session?
2: Totally. I think if you want to build a long-term career in social impact, along with having soft skills, you have to understand that this work is for the long haul. Of course, you know, it's amazing, at least when it comes to financials, that yes, there actually are better paying social impact jobs now. And I do love disrupting that narrative that like, you have to sacrifice everything to be in this work. I think we need to challenge that on so many levels, not just financially, but also like from like a personal and emotional emotional resiliency standpoint. I think sometimes there's really this praise for martyrdom in social impact work when in fact we need collaboration, we need support systems and we need to hold space for each other to really take care of ourselves and what can taking care of ourselves look like that means when you're building your career not not being dishonest with yourself about what your actual needs are i think if your need is that you need a decent salary be honest about that Um, make sure that you're setting your priorities in a realistic hierarchy of okay maybe i need to get paid this much now because i need to send money home to my family or i don't need to be paid as much now and maybe i could work a part time job at a coffee shop, and then I can volunteer my hours on a board at a nonprofit, perhaps, to try to gain that experience. Or I can do an internship that doesn't pay me as well um, to gain experience. Again, it depends on your lifestyle and your access to um, economic privilege, um, ra- racial privilege, et cetera, on what you have access to and can take advantage of. And it's important to take stock of that as well as. Um, what your limitations are. So on top of that, in, in addition to your economic mobility opportunities, also addressing, you know, how can I make sure that I'm making time for family, for friends, for fun, for enjoyment, and making sure that you're also budgeting that into your job search. Because it's so easy to get into fatigue, to get hopeless, to get burnt out, Um, And you need to make sure that you're also project managing the amount of time you're spending connecting with your body, with yourself, making sure you're exercising, sleeping, spending time with the people in your life, because we want people in social impact to be in this for their whole lives, not just a sprint when you're a young person and then you burn out and then you go maybe to a corporate job that that doesn't really necessarily care as much about social impact um you want this to be embedded into your lifestyle we want everyone to have that so how can we start creating a new culture that is actually encouraging especially young people that they can have a work life balance while still making um you know a per- living a purpose-driven life mm. and i think there's so many ways that you can be more effective more efficient if you prioritize your self-care first and we all prioritize collective care by creating workspaces that embed that in its dna we no longer in are in this era of climbing up this corporate ladder or nonprofit ladder, um, and you have to burn yourself up in order to prove yourself. In fact, we actually need to be creating, you know, the nurturing soil and planting the seeds for people to want to thrive and be their best selves. And that's what we're really going to see if we're going to make a social impact sector thrive mm-hmm. and not have a future generation of burnt out bitter adults so i think it's really (laughs) important that we are cultivating that culture holding accountability for companies and organizations to create those conditions that everyone feels that working in social impact is something that is their dream job makes them really excited to wake up every day and to do this work for the rest of their
1: lives look after your head body and heart i think that's one of the key takeaways well um, i would love to carry on chatting but that is the end of our session so Please, if you can, uh, a round of applause for both Christy and Rosemary.